Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hello and welcome to the program, UFO Warning. In this episode, we're talking about UFO researchers and disinformation. That's correct, UFO researchers and disinformation. Now, we're going to start this article off here from deadcentral.com, dated July 15th, 2021, by Jans Holstrom. title says, Dread the unsolved looks for extraterrestrial life underground in Dulce, New Mexico. Of course, Dulce, New Mexico is a place that uh, lots of people have believed for a long time that there's some sort of uh, massive underground uh, base there where alien artifacts, even aliens, are kept at. It says, are we alone in the universe? Recent declassified communications and videos are giving us an unprecedented look into how the government handles these sightings, but there is no definitive answer to that question. No matter how much grainy footage is released, we still don't know what might be in our skies. In 1979, Paul Benowitz was trying to solve this timeless question. He was living in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and working as a scientist on a cl- on the cool and clear desert nights, he began seeing mysterious lights in the sky. He was living near the Kirtland Air Force Base and right across from the Mazano storage area, the U.S.'s largest nuclear storage facility. To him, the location of these nighttime visitors was not a coincidence. So we can kind of see from the scenario that Mr. Benowitz uh, was working as a scientist, and everything I've read about this guy, he had a Ph.D., he was highly educated, extremely intelligent, uh, from what I can find, he was a, a solid family man, a patriot, and just an all-around good guy. And he's living next to this Air Force base, even as a former government contractor. But he he makes the assumption that what he's seeing are, in fact, alien spacecraft. And he's also overhearing some uh, radio chatter, which he believes is communications between aliens. And so that's the first mistake he made. He, he did the observation, but I think maybe he, he came to his conclusion a little too quickly, and that led to a lot of problems for Paul Benowitz. It says he began filming the lights in the sky. Subsequent theories state that Benowitz was probably seeing the first ever test of unmanned aerial vehicles. Whatever he was filming, theories say the government needed him to stop. Benowitz was undeterred. In the years that followed, Benowitz would discover one of the biggest conspiracies in UFOologist circles. The more Benowitz discovered, the further he he spiraled down into a dark and inescapable place. Was Paul Benowitz mad, or did he find something that was never meant to be found? The story goes that Benowitz had somehow accidentally tapped into encoded communications line at the Kirkland base, he was receiving genuine coded messages. He was sure that the messages were extraterrestrial in nature. Now, from what I've been able to come up with on this, it looks like possibly Mr. Benowitz was drawn into this web of deception, this web of disinformation. And the further he got into it, the worse things got for him. And a lot of people theorize that in, a, in, in, a, in an attempt by the federal government or agents of the federal government to 
cover up the fact that Paul had discovered these uh, next generation top secret programs. They wanted to hide that from the Russians, so they sent him down a rabbit trail. But it was a rabbit trail that Paul couldn't escape. It says, Benowitz soon received a top secret communication. He never divulged where where it came from. It told him that there was a secret underground base in Dulce, New Mexico. Now I'm going to stop right there. If we're talking about communications, or if we're talking about doing UFO research or any kind of research, if you're doing this as a private individual investigating, the last thing in the world that you want is some kind of top secret communication. That's probably the quickest way to find yourself in an underground prison somewhere or in a bad way. If you're doing research, you want to do research from publicly available information. You want to be above board and transparent. Myself, the last thing in the world I would ever want is for somebody to give me some sort of secret communication from some anonymous source. That would be the worst possible case. You know, the safest way to research this, and probably the best way, is to do what we've been talking about, to crowdsource it, to crowdsource your information. And you have the Internet at your disposal. Now, of course, this was 1979. This is pre-Internet, so things were done a lot differently back then. And I really believe that people like Mr. Benowitz were a lot more susceptible to disinformation agents. It goes on, it says, It told him that there was a secret underground base in Dulce, New Mexico. In the halls of UFOlogy, Dulce Base is a very real and very dangerous place. An underground joint base shared by extraterrestrials and the U.S. military. It's home to inhumane inhumane and cruel human experimentation. In the years since Benoit's discovery, many people have come forward to claim that they have been in Dulce Base. Theories say Benowitz was being misdirected. His focus on Dulce pulled his attention away from Kirtland. Many believe that Air Force counterintelligence officer Richard Doty, I remember that name, Richard Doty, D-O-T-Y, was a man who fed Benowitz information about Dulce. Many believe that Benowitz discovered the encoded communications at Kirtland. Doty was put on Benowitz to make sure he believed he was dealing with aliens. It would have been a huge blow to Cold War, Cold War America if Benowitz started leaking legitimate state secrets, it was much easier to just let Doty push Benowitz further into his alien theories. Now, this is something where I think it would be a lot safer for them just to just put a fence around the area where they're doing this experimentation with. I think most people realize that we need a strong defense department. And yes, there are going to be top secret projects. And no, no... Uh, no patriotic American wants to expose those to uh, a potential adversary. The notion that they had to drag Mr. Benowitz into this uh, web of deceit, into this pile of disinformation where his mental health seemed to just deteriorate, to me is one of the saddest, most uh, disturbing things I've ever heard as far as you know actions taken by the government or agents of the government possibly in regard to a UFO investigator. It says in 1988, Benowitz wrote a paper called Project Beta. It detailed how exactly to go about attacking and exposing Dulce Base. He took his information to the Aerial Phenomena Research Organization, who brushed him off as a delusional paranoid. From 1979 to 2003, the alien visitations to Benowitz became more frequent and intense. He reported seeing orbs of light in his home. He repeatedly complained of daytime alien flybys. He would produce strange wounds on his body and claimed that he was being injected in his sleep by aliens. 
None of this evidence has ever been corroborated by trusted witnesses. Benowitz couldn't handle the stress. He wasn't eating, he wasn't sleeping. Every day had become a fight for survival against an enemy that most people didn't even believe existed. Benowitz was committed to a mental institution no less than three times before 2003. He began a correspondence with, Chris, with Krista Tilton, an alleged alien abductee who believed her child was half-alien ancestry. Her conversations with Benowitz and other alleged eyewitnesses were published in her book, The Benowitz Papers, which claims that Dulcie was very real. One witness stated it was his job to wrangle staff that wandered into the alien-run house of the base. Whether or not Benowitz's deteriorating mental state was caused by clandestine government operations is still up for debate. We're stuck with many different theories. Some have gone full in on the government's angle. They claim that the agents went so far as to install artificial above-ground vents in Dulcie to reinforce the idea that there was a massive base underneath the town. Some claim that everything that Bedouins found out about aliens is true and the government had no hand in it. Well, just by the fact that there seems to be this established communication between Mr. Benowitz and certain government agents leads me to believe that they were threatened by what he had found because he was really getting aggressive about taking pictures and filming things and that whether they did this out of malice or out of true concern for national security, either way, it ended badly for Mr. Benowitz. UFOlogist William Moore has admitted that during this time period, he was trying to push Benowitz into a mental breakdown by feeding him false information about aliens. Now think about that for a second. UFOlogist William Moore has admitted that during this time period, he was trying to push Benowitz into a mental breakdown by feeding him false information about aliens. That's terrible. Dottie also publicly stated that he fed incendiary information to Benowitz, but that he was not specifically singled out. He states that he was instructed by his higher-ups in the military to infiltrate gatherings of UFOologists to spread false and misleading information. This is why I tell people over and over again, you know, <clears throat> if we're listening to a former intelligence person talk about UFOs, I think we really have to take that with a grain of salt. This is why I'm so much more interested in personal experiences, personal observations, you know, mass UFO sightings, that sort of thing, than I am in anything the government has to say or anything any retired government agent has to say. It says, in 2003, after years of stress and pressure, Benowitz broke. June 23rd, he took his own life. Or did he? The life and even death of Paul Benowitz is shrouded in mystery. For every confirmed detail we have about his life, we have 10 to 20 theories. Some claim that Benowitz is still alive today, being held in Dulce Base, a place he helped expose to the UFOlogist community. And then it says, what do you think? Was Paul Benowitz a victim of aliens or a clandestine government operation? It's really up to you to decide. Well, I think we have to go where the facts lead us. And so oftentimes, the simplest solution is quite often the correct solution. What I find really upsetting about this is this, this poor man thought he was doing the right thing by alerting the government to what he thought was going on. And then he ends up tangled up in this disinformation campaign that eventually led to his, what apparently was his mental breakdown. It's a very, very sad situation. Now here's another article that deals a little bit with this. It's more recent. It's from Diabolic Magazine, uh, written by Robert Savarla, May 19th, 2022. The title says, The Cover-Up Behind UFO Cover-Up? Live Part. 
I'm going to go down here. It says the first meeting between Bill Moore and Richard Doty is alleged to have occurred alleged to have occurred in the fall of 1980, a few short months after the release of Moore's bestseller, The Roswell Incident. Moore had first met with his intelligence contact Falcon a few weeks prior. At, at the meeting, Falcon introduced Moore to Doty, an agent working in the Air Force of Special Investigation, AFOSI. Doty and Falcon posed a question to UFO researcher, would you lie for your government? Now that's a dangerous situation for a UFO researcher to be in, in my opinion. He's in there having these private meetings with government intelligence guys. Same sort of thing that we see happening with the DeLong's group, where you have these uh, people like Elizondo or Mellon just going through this revolving door between high-paid uh, government contractor jobs, working for the government, and then working in the the UFO business, say, where they're appearing on television programs, appearing in movies, appearing at UFO conferences. It's just kind of this. It's just kind of this revolving door that goes round and round, and. In my opinion, in my humble opinion, that is a horrible way to conduct UFO research and to enable the rest of us to really develop an understanding of what's happening here. Okay, it's exact opposite of crowdsourcing. Okay, you're placing, uh, or you are just assuming that this handful of people has all of the real knowledge, and then we have to wait for them to dribble out. You know, the the the, the government agent has a private conversation with a UFO researcher slash celebrity, and then they tell us, you know, they come down from the mountain and tell us what we need to be told. This is, this is a nonsense way of doing things. With the Internet that we have today, the way to do things is to do your own research, decide which uh, reports that you find credible, and draw as much information from those reports as you can. And then we can compare notes. We can crowdsource the truth. We don't have to depend upon somebody to give us the truth. Okay. At the time of AFOSI and officers of Kirkland Air Force Base had been in contact with a man named Paul Benowitz, and they were growing concerned. Benowitz was a scientist by trade and a brilliant one at that. Without any kind of formal education, he built a successful defense research film, Thunder firm Thunder Scientific, that had contracts with Kirkland. But that brilliance also led him down a dangerous path. In his pursuit of UFOs, Benowitz created technology to intercept what he believed to be alien transmissions coming from Manzano Weapons Storage Area, now the Kirtland Underground Munitions and Maintenance Storage Complex, a nuclear weapons testing facility built into the local Manzano Mountains. Falcon and Doty wanted more to use his contacts in the UFO community to spread disinformation. The Air Force believed some American ufologists were leaking class, classified defense secrets related to tests of so-called black projects, military projects the government will not acknowledge publicly or include in defense appropriations bills, and they were concerned with one man in particular, Paul Benowitz. Now you can see here, through Paul's research efforts and by posting these pictures that were this close to this military base, he basically, in my opinion, put a target on his back. He goes on and says, Moore agreed on the condition that the Air Force provide him access to the government's real secrets on UFOs. Okay, to my mind, that's kind of an, an unethical thing to do. You're going to lie to another researcher, okay? You're going to uh, entice them into this disinformation web so that you can get the real secrets. 
And why would you think that they would give you the real secrets when they've already proven to you that they have no problem lying to people? Silliness. Moore agreed on the condition that the Air Force provided agreed on the condition that the Air Force provide him access to the government's real secrets on UFOs because if they were going to get something out of that arrangement, why should he not as well? He quickly ingratiated himself with Benowitz and began passing along forged documents on aliens and secret government programs. In at least one instance, his information would show up in work Moore later claimed was legitimate. In November 1980, Doty showed Moore a teletype referencing a secret military program, Project Aquarius, and shortly after, he asked Moore to send an altered version of the document to Benowitz. This new document stated information on Project Aquarius should be restricted to an organization known only as MJ-12. Over the next decade, Moore continued to send disinformation to Paul Benowitz and, in turn, the UFO community at large. As Benowitz became further entrenched in the stories, he sunk into a spiral of confusion, fear, and paranoia. He produced a manifesto, Project Beta, that laid a bear, that laid bare a rapidly expanding mythology about a race of gray aliens at war with humans and a battle that had occurred in an underground base in Dulce. New Mexico Project Beta spread among members of the UFO community, and many of its ideas quickly became accepted as fact. Moore facilitated this process by passing along new documents, real or not, that validated Benowitz's most paranoid conclusions. In one example, Moore received an Air Force memorandum known as the Hilltop Document. The memo stamped with secret classification outlined a purported UFO landing in November 1982 and made reference to physical evidence that would suggest the event occurred at or near Kirtland Air Force Base. Moore's original plan was to, use mil- was to use the military in the same way it had used him, so he may have received a few real documents during his participation in, dis- in the disinformation campaign. He could have even he could have even disclosed some of this information to others, slipping a few facts in among his many lies. Was Moore granted access to any classified information? Per a report from a Federal Bureau of Investigation agents, after a discussion with Moore in March of 1983, Moore declared that he has never had his has never had in his possession any classified documents from any government agency. Moore did admit, however, that individuals had made unauthorized verbal disclosures to him. However, Moore denied ever using that information or passing it along to anyone. Wow. Well, here's the problem. If you start talking about having classified information, even if it's just UFOs, you're putting yourself in extreme jeopardy. I mean, this is the sort of stuff that can get you locked up and put away, at, maybe not in Dulcie, but in an actual underground prison. It says Michael Silgeman has denied any interference by the intelligence community or military in the production of UFO cover-up live since 1988. Speaking with UFO magazine ahead of its air date, he stated that the program was not being controlled by any outside parties, least of all the government, and yet he has been unwilling to confirm the identities of of Falcon and Condor for over three decades. What few hints he has dropped are intentionally vague. Timothy Good, writing in his 1990 book, Alien Contact, Top Secret UFO Files, noted that Sigelman refused repeated requests for information that might identify the two anonymous agents, though he felt comfortable confirming Condor was a military scientist in some capacity. Sigelman's reticence on this subject should be no indication that this information is secret. In the years since the UFO cover-up live left its mark on the UFO community, members of the show's crew have come out on their own to disclose the startling truth. In Alien Contact, Timothy Good also interviewed UFO cover-up live's consulting producer Curtis Brubaker. 
at which time Brubaker stated that Falcon, contradicting claims made by Bill Moore, was an Air Force Office of Spatial Investigation agent. Richard Doty, there's that name again, in an interview conducted in fall 2021 this article, Brubaker maintained this position. The show, in his words, changed once Bill Moore put Michael Seligman in contact with Doty and another intelligence contact he could not remember. Seligman, he began, he began, he became more and more secretive as he was exposed to Doty and the other guy. There were two guys, or maybe one and the same, who were disclosing. So here we go. Another web of disinformation. At some point you have to ask yourself, is it even worth trying to sort out the garbage, you know, from the truth, the the wheat from the flack? That's the problem. When you're dealing with somebody who's a known liar, well, you're dealing with a known quality. So why do we want to trust these people when they come forward as some sort of hero to the UFO community telling us that they themselves somehow have UFO disclosure? It goes on here toward the end of the article a little bit. We'll skip over a few paragraphs. It says, The footage of Falcon was shot in a remote location well before Mosley saw it in 1987 or its broadcast the following UFO year. UFO skeptic Philip Kloss, in a 1991 issue of his newsletter, identified a report issued by Bill Moore and Jamie Shandera titled The MJ-12 Documents and Analytic Report, which referenced the footage in question. And Klaus states, according to the Moore Report on January 28, 1983, Falcon, allegedly a highly placed intelligence officer, agreed to fly to Los Angeles and be videotaped revealing high, highly classified UFO secrets, providing his voice and appearance were electronically disguised on tape. The taping was done in the presence of an unnamed CBS executive and an investigative reporter, according to Moore Shandera. The tape was never used. Well, there you go again. When, when these UFO investigators fall into these traps, all they're doing is, when they're finally exposed, and they, they always are exposed, they're giving more uh, fodder to the, uh, the debunking crowd. The article goes on for quite a ways, actually. It's a really lengthy article. I highly recommend you read it. It goes on here. It says, On Tuesday, May 17, 2022, Congress held its first hearing on the subject of unidentified aerial phenomena in nearly 50 years. Much as UFO cover-up lives sought to pull back the shroud of secrecy over UFOs, so too did the elected officials and military personnel who spoke that day. Well, I think that might be a little generous. But funny thing happened, nothing. History repeated itself, and the hearing played out in a fashion similar to UFO cover-up life. The, official the officials asked scripted questions. The military provided vague answers, and disclosure, as always, remained far out of reach. Is there anything that can be learned from these repeated failures? I agree with that 100%. It says disclosure is not coming, not now, not tomorrow, not ever. Governments are not in the business of the truth, of the, the truth, startling or otherwise. The truth such that exists is a weapon, not unlike the defense secrets tested at Manzino Weapons Storage Area in the 70s and 80s. Sometimes it aligns with the public interest as in Watergate, and at other times it does not, such as with the case with the rise and fall of Paul Benowitz. The thread connecting these two points is that whatever the truth is, whatever the truth may be at the time, it will always serve the goals of those in power, even if it drives the rest of us, of us mad. It says, Paul Benowitz passed away on June 23, 2003, leaving behind his wife and children. If he is spoken of today, it is in the retail of the trauma he experienced at the hands of the government. He is now a cautionary tale to UFO researchers. Don't go too far down the rabbit hole. 
but the man may have been more prescient than his decline would suggest, because even at the height of his mania, he understood the truth is not what it seems. Writing in Project Beta, he explained, it is important to make note that at the outset, that the alien is devious, employs deception, and have no intent of any apparent peace-making process, and obviously does not adhere to any prior arranged agreement. In truth, they tend to lie. However, their memory for lying is not long and direct. Comparative computer printout analysis reveals this fact. Therefore, much drops through the crack, so to speak, and from this comes the apparent truth. In other words, maybe it's Paul saying we can read between the lines and discover some little bit of truth here. I think there's a lot to learn from Paul's sad example, you know, of this UFO researcher, this very talented, intelligent man being caught up in this web of deception and disinformation. But even after having gone through all that, he probably did give us some good advice, and that is just to assume that they're lying. Now, he was talking about aliens, but I think we can make the same assumption of our own government. Just assume that they're lying and try to discern the truth that might be hidden between the lies. Until next time, this is UFO Warning, over and out.